1: Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in store, or online. Kroger, fresh
0: for everyone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
4: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
4: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumpacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply.
3: See website for details. I think you and I, Jeff, would have better shooting percentage. Here we go. And, oh, it, it missed. <laughs> I must play for the Utah Jazz. My goodness, it has been a ugly Ugly game for the Utah Jazz. And I don't know uh, Ty Lu and, and how he, the rhyme or reason to his substitution patterns. <laughs> uh, by the way, the Clippers are up 12 right yeah. now. 35-23 to 23 with 9.20 to go. The Jazz look lost. Uh, and I, I said it on the show. I was impressed by the way they played against the Grizzlies uh, in their final four games. And right now they are just... They're getting horrendous. Run. They're getting horrendous, run right. right now. But uh, the bizarre nature of these substitution patterns for Ty Lue, you look at Luke Kennard could barely get on the floor in the Dallas series, played 14 minutes in the first, 16, first six games combined, gets out there in game seven. Awesome. Hits what? Four threes? Three or four he was threes. Awesome. He was great. Yeah. And then tonight, he's the second guy off the bench and he for the had, Clippers. And he and he's the game's leading scorer. Yeah. It's like <laughs> instant offense there for Luke Kennard, and then Boogie Cousins, who has not played <laughs> since the regular season finale by the Clippers, in which they were trying to lose to avoid playing the Lakers in this round. Boogie Cousins is on the floor, just had an and one and a strip of Rudy Gobert.
5: Again, this is, if Rudy Gobert is going to get completely outplayed by Boogie Cousins and Zubox, Utah is losing this series Done. in five. Yeah. It's over if yeah. that happens. And again, this is not sustainable from those two against Gobert. One would think, but look, this has been very impressive from the Clippers bench. And, oh, by the way, one one little caveat with this game, and this is, just again, this is how Utah plays, and I think people who have who are just tuning into the postseason now, Tim, are going to look up, look at this, and like, wait a second, what is going on here with the Jazz? The Jazz have twenty-four three-point attempts already. Twenty-four. They 25. are six for twenty. Dismissed. Now they're or six or, or my screen might have been ahead, oh, okay. but regardless, they are six of twenty-four according to my screen right now. From two-point range, they're one for twelve. So it's been from everywhere that they can't make shots. And again, Tim, it's not that they're not getting good looks. They're getting good looks. Like if they go the whole game with not being able to make a shot tonight, game two, they're going to regress to the mean in the positive light. And you're more than likely going to see a big-time offensive performance. Look at Boogie Cousins drawing charges now on Rudy Gobert. See, this is this, this just might be one of those where, Tim, we just chalk it up and just say it's it, it's not our night. It's not our night right now with everything that's going on. And somehow,
3: Gobert threw that shot in, even though he gets waved off. Uh, it is 35-23. The Clippers have the lead over the Utah Jazz, and it has been all Clippers here tonight. 12 to 28 from the field. Uh, Luke Kennard had 11 points in that closing game seven victory over the Mavericks. He has 11 points right now in this game. He's already had three threes. He's four or five from the field. Uh, so, Luke Kennard. Uh, there you go. He's having himself uh, a strong start to the evening. We'll talk to JVT, who's got to have a smile from ear to ear, because, you know, JVT's uh, NBA Finals prediction pre-playoffs was Clippers and Nets. And just looking at how this is playing out today, not a bad prediction. I think a lot of people would feel that way. The Jazz entering today were your favorites to make it out of the Western Conference, followed by the Clippers at 2-1. to one at DraftKings. Uh, second intermission in Colorado, and it is a 2 nothing Avalanche lead over the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, you had a late goal in the first period from Brandon Saad. Uh, that should have never happened, should have never been scored, uh, but it does get, get past Marc-Andre Fleury with eight-tenths of a second to go. And then another goal, 16-28 uh, into the second period. So the Avs have a 2 nothing lead Jeff, heading into the third period. You, you don't want to take a stab at uh, who scored the goal for Colorado? Nope. <laughs> Av scored a goal. <laughs>
5: Donskoy with the goal. Uh, so if you're cashing one of those tickets at... Uh, Jonas! Yeah, at, uh, at plus 245 on Donskoy to uh, score. He did. And that one flurry had no chance of stopping. So Colorado's been pretty clearly the better team so far. They really dominated
3: that second period, Tim. And if you want to take the uh, the Knights, plus 745 right now on the money line. Uh, no thanks. Here we go. Cap here on VEASAN third period uh, just about to get underway in Denver Colorado as the Avalanche look to take a 3-2 series lead against the Vegas Golden Knights the Montreal Canadiens will meet the winner of this series between the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche game six here in Las Vegas come Thursday night that's Jeff Parles I'm Tim Murray and now let's head to uh, our senior NBA analyst, JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, at me, JVT, on Twitter. JVT, if you, sh- if you miss 21 consecutive field goals, is that a recipe for success?
2: Uh, No, of course not. You know, the Jazz uh, having a little bit of an off night today, uh, right? And uh, we could chalk it up to a lot of things. We could chalk it up to time off. Uh, We could chalk it up to a Clippers defense that has been switching pretty much everything except for a one-five pick and roll and and contesting a lot of these shots. It's a good three-point shooting team. It's a good shooting team. So you're going to have these nights, especially in a series where shooting is going to be at an all-time high between these two clubs. You're going to get some high variance evenings. So uh, still, plenty of time left in this game for the Jazz, especially the way that they play to get right back in it. Yeah, and we've talked uh,
3: about the rotations uh, of of the Clippers, and you know, every time you come on, it's it's something's different with the Clippers. You know, Zubats initially, and and he was out. He's actually been playing pretty well tonight. I think he's been effective defensively. He's been wreaking some havoc. He's got a couple of blocks. But Luke Kennard, who is what an eighty million dollar man, sitting on the bench. I think he played mm. a total of. 14 minutes in the first six games of that series he was instant offense in game seven and then he's doing it again here tonight so as Ty Lue found something here
2: with Luke Kennard I mean, to an extent, right, his offense is what he's out there for. You know, his defense, he had a couple of miscommunications early in the first quarter where he didn't switch on a guy when he was supposed to he gives up an open shot. Like, you're going to get that with Luke Kennard. But if you looked at this bench unit overall, right, Pat Bev, we had a Pat Bev sighting today. but. It's just not there with Pat Beverly's offense, right? He's a fine defender, but he's not respected in terms of his three-point shooting. He had another issue where, you know, uh, early in the first, he had a runner, like the lane was wide open, but he couldn't hit a floater, like with front iron. You just, you need something in terms of an offensive presence from your backcourt off the bench, and Kennard provides that. He had some really good shot makes that He had one earlier, it was like a step-back three in the corner. So you're going to get that, but the trade-off is, the defense isn't great, so I think you're going to see him out there with some better defensive lineups, right? With Marcus Morris, with Paul George, you don't want to put him out there with some mash bench units because that's when it's going to get pretty ugly. So I think they have found something, Tim, to the to the extent that he is a spark plug offensively, and you can kind of mask him a little bit in certain matchups. But watch him closely. You're going to see him blow a defensive assignment yeah. or two, and it's going to lead to a bucket.
5: Real quick, before I ask you a question here, JVT, they overturned the charge on Gobert. While we were gone, that turned into a three-point play. Utah's now back within seven, and VGK also scoring a goal. Alex Tuck making it 2-1 Colorado, early stages in the third period. Uh, JVT, though, uh, back to the earlier game tonight. Philly takes care of business, winning by 16 at home. Uh, Joel Embiid uh, was spectacular again. Uh, He only had 40 to follow up his 39 in game one. But series shifting back to Atlanta. The Hawks have lost one home game since the All-Star break. Uh I would imagine the, the the series price will shift yet again to Philadelphia North uh north of $2 again. If that's the case, w- would you take a shot at Atlanta with how good of a home team they they have been and how they have looked through the first two games of this series where um, for a good chunk of it they've played Philly better or even
2: So, personally, no. I'm in on Philly. Actually, I bet him after game one of the series, Jeff, at minus 110. Uh, So, I'm invested already in the 76ers. (laughs) Good number. And and look, I I mean, if you look at this, you can argue that, yes, you know, Atlanta has played them very well. The second halves have not been good for Atlanta Mm -hmm. at all right? A negative 32.1 net rating in the first game in the second half. They fell off again in the second half here today. I haven't seen the updated numbers, but overall today, 121.1 for the offensive rating for Philly, 106.3 for Atlanta. You know, their offense has kind of scuffled here a little bit against the Philadelphia 76ers, specifically in the second half of both of these games. And they have zero answer for Joe LMB, none whatsoever. And so like that is, as you move forward, well, it's a good trend they play very well at home and you might get another really solid start. At the end of the day, they didn't contain Philadelphia in transition. Ben Simmons on Trey Young is something defensively that I think is working very well in their favor. Doc figured out that I'm not going to throw all five bench guys out there at one time today. And I think that there's a lot of things working in the 76ers' favor. So I, I am high on Philadelphia in this series. It's why I bet him at that pick price over at Circa when it first opened up. I think that Atlanta, I put it up, I was talking with a couple of people on social media. I put it, uh, I don't know if Atlanta's ready for what's coming for the rest of this series because I I think Philly's figured something out here, especially defensively for this Hawks team.
3: Yeah, good number on on Philly there because I played it last night, JVT, at minus 130. That was the best I could find. Uh, yeah. around town and, uh, you know, before... Tipping. Well, I was,
2: I was refreshing the apps and, like, waiting for that <laughs> price to come up because, you know, I was talking with Jeff Sherman over at the Superbook, Tim, and, you know, he thought that it might open market-wide at Atlanta minus 120. And so that's why I was like, let's go. Like, yeah. if you're going to give me even money on Philly... Uh, I was all in, and, and minus 110 was a, a fine enough price too. But you, you know, you owned it. The market moved really quickly on that, and the market moved pretty quickly on this Utah and uh, LA series. You know, I got the Clippers like plus one hundred and forty uh, to win that series, and that moved immediately to about a plus one hundred and ten, plus one hundred and five, depending on where it closed before today. So those series prices, you got to get on them quick because the market moves rapidly.
3: Yeah, and we were we talked about it. Now it was a good play. I I, I, I would I would do it a hundred times over again. Uh, because we were on the right side, which was the Lakers, you know, and, and I think you and I both grabbed it at even money uh, when it when it came out when they were down to 0-1, and that's what I thought we would see from Atlanta and Philadelphia, and I didn't even see it get to 110. So yeah, you were in on it quick, uh, but I'm still happy at minus 130. We're going to see that rise, and and I agree because I, I don't know why Doc Rivers thought that you know. Uh, maybe maybe he was watching Blake Griffin do what he da, did has been doing in Brooklyn. He's like, yeah, maybe Danny Green could get back to his you know great defensive days. But you know, for Philadelphia, you look at the box score, and and I imagine some dopes who didn't watch the game will say, well, Ben Simmons only four points. Is he that good? I mean, he's the reason that they not the reason that they won, but a big reason why you know they were able to stretch that lead as it went on. So you certainly, I think, would live with four points and seven assists from Ben Simmons if he's controlling Trey Young.
2: Yeah, to a certain extent, right? I think you do want a little bit more than four yeah. points. You know, uh, give me 10, Ben. Give me 10 and, you know, <laughs> give me a, give me 10 assists, and I think we'll be okay from there. But overall, you're right. Like, the overall point in that you, you corral, for the most part, their best player, the point of attack on those pick and rolls, which are a massive part of their offense, right? That 1-5 pick and roll with Young and Capella is where they start almost everything in terms of their offensive attack. So, yeah, if he is corralling Trey Young, he obviously uh, will pay for his own meal, essentially, for lack of a better term. But you would like to see a little bit because, right, the the, the issue with Philly and the issue why I like, you know, Brooklyn uh, over Philadelphia or even Milwaukee, potentially over Philadelphia if they do come back, is – they don't really have a dynamic pick and roll game, right? Their offense is, okay, give it to Joel Embiid in the post and let's see what happens after there. We'll have guys cut, we'll, guy, you know, we'll run screens off ball and we'll see if we can get some guys open off of that because he's going to draw a double team. But there is no dynamic pick and roll offense. I think that's why you saw this bench unit today really thrive because Shake Milton and others can actually run a little bit more of that pick and roll game uh, with Dwight Howard. And so you saw the offense open up a little bit more and Milton was absolutely fantastic today. So I think ultimately those flaws will find themselves in, in you know under the magnifying glass much more in a series Reason the Eastern Conference should they make it there. Uh, but overall, yes, like you, you know, I think you do want a little bit more from Ben Simmons, long story short.
5: Uh a quick update on the hockey game. Uh Jonathan Marchessault so ties the game at two. It was plus yes, seven. All right. It was plus seven forty-five behind yep. us at Circa on VGK going into the third period to win the game. So that game is tied. There is still a lot of game left, 1451 to go. Yeah. So two goals in under five minutes for VGK to tie that game at two. Uh, JVT, uh, let's go to to the Brooklyn-Milwaukee series, which has not been much of a series, obviously, so far. James Harden gets hurt. It doesn't matter. Brooklyn beats him pretty handily in game one, even though it ended up at eight. And last night was just an epic thumping by the Nets. And, Look, Tim said it last night, and I'm curious to see what your thoughts are. Was last night the moment of, well, no one is really capable of beating this Brooklyn team in a best-of-seven series, especially with what they've done to Milwaukee through two games?
2: Uh, no, I wouldn't say nobody's capable of beating them. You know, I, I think the Clippers match up well with them, like relatively. If you're looking at, especially like if it's just KD and Kyrie, right? Like those two are really good. It was really weird the way the market reacted to that game yesterday, right? the making Milwaukee a favorite on the road, especially as much as two. Uh, but but overall, like if you're just doing like the whole matchup thing, right? Like I always like to play the game, Jeffrey. You draw the names out and you draw lines to so who's defending who. You know, Kawhi Leonard can match up with Kevin Durant, Paul George and Marcus Morris and a couple of these other guys. Can can run around with Kyrie Irving to a certain extent. Now, they're elite shot makers, and even when there's hands in their faces, they're gonna hit a lot of those shots and those contested shots, so it's not like the Clippers would shut them down by any means, but I think if there is a team that is at least equipped somewhat, to go blow-to-blow blow with Brooklyn, it would be a team like the Clippers, right, who have those defensive presence guys, uh, who have, remember, they were the first to play shooting team in terms of overall three-point shooting, but uh, that was the Clippers. They finished just ahead of the Brooklyn Nets, so they can match them in terms of shooting prowess as well, so I think that that would be the team at the top of the list that could potentially do it, but look, Brooklyn's incredible, right? Like, with those two on the floor, plus 9.1 net rating, a team that shoots over 42% from three, offensive rating of 123, they are going to be extremely, extremely hard to beat, and especially when Blake Griffin is playing the five the way that he is, right? He is physical. He is stopping Giannis from driving into the paint. He is finishing. He is shooting in spacing situations. Like, I think that's the most underrated part about all of this. Kyrie and Katie have been incredible but what they've gotten from Blake Griffin in terms of playing center for them has been out of this world. And I think it's made all the difference.
3: We're talking to uh, Jonathan Tobel at me, JVT on Twitter. Um, when you look at um, what this, what Brooklyn is doing right now um, and, and defensively was always the big question, JVT, is it, the Bucks melting down, or are we seeing the Nets playing better defense? I heard a stat today on, I think it was Zach Lowe's podcast, where through these two games, the Bucks, one of the more prolific offenses in the league, are averaging 97 points per 100 possessions, which would be dead last in the NBA this season. What has happened to this Bucks offense?
2: So I think it's a mixture of both. You know, I've always kind of said this, Tim. The, the conversations around Brooklyn's defense are it's not as bad as it's made out to be, right. It's, it's a low hanging fruit talking point mm-hmm. to bring it up every single time. And, and they're not like great by any means. And arguably, they're the worst defense of the ones that are remaining at this point right now. Uh, But at the same time, you know, when you switch everything the way that Brooklyn has been doing, at the very least, you're walking yourself into contested shots a lot of the times. Right. So that's going to help out a lot. You've seen L.A. today. Right. L.A. is switching almost everything except for a point guard center pick and roll. And even then, if your point guard is Reggie Jackson, you're you're comfortable doing that because Jackson's got a little bit of size. But switching things is is going to get you some contested shots. So that helps. I think what I mentioned with Blake Griffin, he's been immense, right? He has been playing Brooke Lopez extremely well down low. He has stopped Giannis from driving to the paint a couple of times. The help defense has been awesome. There were a couple of spots yesterday where, you know, you get Giannis in an isolation situation on Blake Griffin, and Bruce Brown comes in and helps really quick on the spin move. Giannis has nothing, so he's got to kick it back out, and Brown's already back out to a spot contesting a three-pointer from Chris Middleton. So I I think it's a mixture of everything. I think Milwaukee's shot selection has been questionable at best. Uh, the fact that they have fallen in love with these jumpers yesterday in, in non-garbage time, only taking thirteen attempts within four feet of the basket is really surprising given the advantages they have in that area of the court. So I think if you if you see a dedicated effort for Milwaukee to start pounding this thing inside a little bit more, you no know, if if Giannis gets a little bit more aggressive against who I have called Blake Griffin 0.5 because we know he is nowhere near where he has been at the you know, the peak of his career you might see a better effort from Milwaukee, but it's definitely a mix of both things. You know, the defense isn't as bad for Brooklyn, and the shot selection and the offense has just been really questionable from Milwaukee. JVT,
5: we have about two minutes here, so let's get to the last series on the board. Phoenix takes care of their business in the second half, uh, dominating the last 15-plus uh, minutes of that game against Denver to win a blowout fashion in game one. Uh, is this more of that Denver... Does this turn into a series like the last series does for Denver, where they really looked bad at the end of game one against Portland and were able to turn it around? Or are they too much overmatched here without Jamal Murray, obviously, uh, uh, with that torn ACL?
2: Yeah, no, this isn't, this isn't going to be like the last series, Jeff, because the last series you were taking on a historically bad defense, right? Mm-hmm. Portland finished 29th in defensive efficiency, one of the worst defensive ratings we have seen from a team in the regular season. Uh, Sacramento, by the way, who finished last was also historically bad. Uh, but this is the difference, right? Now you're taking on a Phoenix team that is much better defensively. I think the Suns have their flaws. On defense in specific areas uh, but overall this is going to be much harder to dig your way out of this if you're going to beat the denver nuggets and the difference is too right you mentioned game one how poor they were they're playing at home right the first two games they have home court overall and they even that series up and they take it back when they win on the road you're not at home in this one you're playing on the road and home court is a real thing right now in the postseason so it's going to be tough for them i think overall i was just talking about this right now before i came out with you guys you know i bet the sun's in six And I was like, you know what? Maybe that's too much. I like (laughs) like Phoenix a lot in this series. I think the shortcomings are going to be a little bit too much for that backcourt. I know Barton's been upgraded to doubtful, but how healthy is he by the time he comes back? You know, Monte Morris, they had to roll him out slowly in that series against Portland because he wasn't fully healthy. So I think you're really going to see the mismatch here and the absences that Denver has in that backcourt. P.J. Dozier, Jamal Murray, and Barton, they're really going to come to the forefront now.
3: Can you confirm or deny that you voted for Derrick Rose for MVP?
2: So apparently that was a fan vote. Like, I didn't realize that fans, I did not know that, like, there was a fan vote for the MVP, which is kind of dangerous. But so I, my point still stands. Uh, get that fan vote out of here. Derrick Rose yeah. did not deserve a first-place no, vote for MVP.
3: No business whatsoever. Uh, but Nikola Jokic uh, is your league MVP, Tom Thibodeau, uh, Coach of the Year. JVT, you're the man. Appreciate it. Go Clippers for your for your sake.
2: No, thanks. Appreciate it, guys. Tibbs didn't deserve it.
3: I agree. Monty Williams had more votes, had more first place votes, but we're happy for Mitch Moss, 16 to one. He was able to cash that. Wow, we got ourselves a hockey game and eh, basketball game, and eh, not so much. But hey, we'll update you on everything you need to know. It's a nightcap here on Visa.
6: At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions supply.
3: Two to two. Vegas Golden Knights in the Colorado Avalanche. Right before... We hit, uh, we hit our little bumper there, at the start of the hour, Jeff. I mentioned what the price was for the Vegas Golden Knights. And I didn't even mention what the Avalanche were. It was 2-0 heading into the third period. It was plus 745 <laughs> for the Golden Knights. And minus 1100 for the Colorado Avalanche. Within 4 minutes and 15 seconds, the game was tied at 2 and right now as you see or you just saw on the screen at DraftKings it was plus 104 for for Vegas minus 130 on the buyback for Colorado last check here at Circa even money Vegas minus 120 for the Colorado Avalanche as we are at a media timeout 9:15 to go uh Tuck and Marsha show with the goals In this period for Vegas.
5: Yeah, and Colorado had just a brilliant chance that was thwarted by the turtle defense earlier this period as well. So, look, a very very impressive showing by VGK early in this third period. And uh, look, uh, these are the two best teams in hockey. This series has played out like these are the two best teams in hockey. And waiting in the wings for whoever wins this series is the worst team in the NHL semifinals in a very long time in Montreal.
3: Yeah, so we will uh keep you updated on this. 2 to 2 is the score media timeout under 2, or excuse me, under 10 I should say media timeout. As for what's happening in Salt Lake City, it is a 10-point Clipper lead. Boogie Cousins right now is on the block and This is just this is just painful. Oh, well, that's better for the over for me. Nicholas Batum just hit a 3. In the closing seconds, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George were on the bench. Kawhi Leonard's got three fouls. And the Clippers go into the locker room up sixty to forty-seven. The Utah Jazz are shooting seventeen of fifty-three from the field. That is thirty-two percent. And they are shooting twenty-six point nine percent from three. They are seven for twenty-seven. Donovan Mitchell, 2 of 8 from 3. Joe Ingles, 1 of 5 from 3. Jordan Clarkson, 3 of 7 from 3. So uh, those gentlemen combined a 6 for 20 in the first half. So 30% from 3 from those 3. Rudy Gobert has 8 boards with just 3 points. And then when you look at who is doing the damage uh, for the Los Angeles Clippers here, Kawhi's got 7. Paul George has 5. They're combined 3 for 13 from the field. And you might just put your hands like, who is leading the charge here? Reggie Jackson has 9. Luke Kennard, 11. He was the microwave early in this game that got this thing rolling for the Clippers as they had a 7-point lead after the first quarter. It is a 13-point Clippers lead at the half. And you are looking at... uh, It was a halftime total of... Uh, I'm pulling that up right now, but I oh, would guess
5: that's probably going to be like one, or could be like one ten, right?
3: Yeah. So the halftime total does go over because it was one twelve and a half. So yeah, you're probably sorry, goes under. Goes I think under. Part, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 107 yeah. was your was your total there. So sixty to forty seven. Clippers have the lead heading into the locker room.
5: Oh, I, I was mentioning for whatever reason, my brain went to what the second half total was going to yeah. be, and I, that is one ten. Uh, but look, I, I, as ridiculous as it may seem, Utah is pretty fortunate to only be down 13 without poorly they shot. Also, in a hockey game, Tim, the first power play of the game, either side as as common. Colorado is on it right now. Uh, a a delay of game penalty on Shea Theodore, uh, but uh, VGK about uh, 35 seconds away from possibly killing off this penalty. And uh, again, if. I'm, when Derek is in on Friday, Tim, mm-hmm. we're going to have to ask him if VGK comes back and wins this game, how badly did it go for them with that plus
3: 745 that was out there down 2 nothing, going to the third? Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. Um, by the way, uh, your second half line here at Circa, Jazz minus 5 and a total of 108. Uh, so once okay. again, you look at your first half of 60-47, 107 points, and the Jazz full game now, plus eight, minus five in the second. Do I dare? No. Do I go don't down do with do it. Don't, ship? don't
5: do it again. Do I chase? Don't do it again. I'm not doing it again. I, I, I hate how they've looked the whole night, and I thought it was going to be a positive regression to the mean that has not occurred yet, and I'm not sure if it's coming tonight.
3: Someone let me know on Twitter that uh, William Hill had it their money line as high as plus 850. Whew for Vegas to come back and win. It's the Nightcap, here on VESA. We have a new feature at vcin.com. Every day, we're posting the latest betting splits on every game in the major sports with current odds and what percentage of bets and money are being placed on each game. Check this info daily to find out which games are seeing the most tickets written, and if that matches the money coming in on those games to help you find a betting edge. And of course, we have all the odds, data, analysis for every game as well. Start your next sports bet. At com, Jeff Parles, Tim Murray with you live from the Circus Sportsbook. 5.01 to go in the third period, 2 to 2. A total, once again, of 5.5, and, and an overtime bet that they never want to see played. Very much in question here tonight. That was uh what did
5: that call that three to one three to one on will the game go to overtime I'm pretty sure Tim right behind us by the way uh they are they are fixing the glass there in in Denver right now Tim so a little bit of a delay in a in a two two game again uh Colorado scored a goal with under a second to go in the first period Brennan Sod beat. Flurry on what was just a, a, a shockingly bad goal to give up by Flurry yep. at the end of the first period. Uh, Jonas uh, Dunskoy scored on a on a wicked one-timer in the second period, and then two early goals in the third period by Tuck and Marcia. So, respectively, have us at this two-two game. Uh, and again, this series has been everything we could have wanted here. Mm-hmm. Very entertaining, very evenly matched. The two best teams in hockey having to play in a round of eight because of the division they are both in. And uh, look, uh, it has been phenomenal so far tonight,
3: especially phenomenal uh, over the last period and a half or so. And earlier tonight, the Tampa Bay Lightning punched their ticket to the semifinals, so they will get the winner of the Islanders-Bruins series. They will host uh, game one of that series. And as you mentioned, Jeff, Canadians have moved on the sweep of the Winnipeg Jets. So two to two is the score. Uh, we have a little bit of a delay up in Colorado, and uh, as I mentioned, plus seven forty-five was the price on Vegas entering the third period. Minus eleven hundred on the buyback for the ABS who led two to nothing, and a bet that uh, was not made. I know Aaron Oster was kicking himself. Why we don't play this just blindly every night? The overtime bets. But that was not made. And uh, once again, the total of this one, we've seen this a couple times. You're hoping for overtime because you don't want a late goal and then funny business with an empty netter. So if you've got the under tonight, you are hoping uh, very hard for overtime because this went off five and a half juice to the under minus 115 in most spots here in town. Halftime, Clippers leading the Utah Jazz 60 to 47. And just looking at the prop market for the most part, Um, Some of your notable players. You've got Donovan Mitchell, 13 points. His over/under at DraftKings was 30 and a half. Here at Circa, 29 juice to the over at minus 115. You took a bite of that one. I'd say you're still very alive in that
5: Uh, one. I'm alive if Utah makes this game interesting because if they do, it'll likely be because Donovan Mitchell has a big second half. 13 points on 14 shots, obviously uh, not efficient at all. And and again. This is what's alarming for Utah in this first half, Tim. Kawhi, they missed everything? Well, even more so than that. Kawhi Leonard had seven points. Mm-hmm. Paul George had five points. Yep. No mathematician, that's 12. And the Clippers are still up 13. That cannot happen on your home floor if you're Utah. That can't happen anywhere these teams play in this series. And it happened in the first half of game one. And again, you mentioned it before, but... Rudy Gobert, again, only a minus one on a point differential, has really struggled so far tonight. Uh, the again, only bucket he had was was the and one that was was, reverse. A, was a reverse. Yeah. Which look again, we know Gobert is not out there for his offense. We understand that he's out there for his defense, but it's been a it's been a struggle, even defensively. Again, Zubak looked pretty good against him, and and Boogie Cousins, the random four minutes from Boogie Cousins with six points and three rebounds. Yeah,
3: how about that? Six points, three rebounds, had a block, uh, led the breakout on the block. Uh, So, yeah, surprise. And the halftime line, you've got the Jazz laying five in the second half, a total of 108 and a half. So, bet up just a half point there on the total, 60 to 47. We're going to talk to Chris Andrews here uh, momentarily on the other side. A lot to talk to Chris about, you know, this Vegas Golden Knights Uh, and Colorado Avalanche situation, Uh, the Brooklyn Nets. uh, I looked at South Point earlier today. Uh, Them and most spots around town going as low as plus 120 for the Nets to win the NBA Finals. And they have uh, season win totals for conferences in college football. So a lot to get to with Chrissy here in just a little bit. But this was interesting, and Aaron Oster found this, our producer, uh, odds courtesy of PointsBet, who will be the next Trailblazers Head coach, we know Terry Stotts is out. Uh, Damian Lillard voiced his uh, uh, his support for Jason Kidd, lead assistant on the Lakers staff. Jason Kidd has removed himself from uh, said coaching search. So there you have it. Chauncey Billups is the odds-on favorite at minus 200. I think it's a pretty good bet that Chauncey Billups will have a head coaching job sometime this off season, but I would not make that bet uh, because I think he's got a realistic shot to go to Boston. If I were Chauncey Billups, I'd prefer to be in Boston.
5: Well, I, part of that, what I would imagine, because I, I'm just trying to get your rationale, even though I agree with you for the most part, it's obviously Tatum is there, Jalen Brown's going to be there, and Damian Lillard could force a trade at any moment out of Portland. And the cast is really, in the end, even under solid, they're not good enough to push them over the top. The interesting name on that list is David Vanderpool, who obviously is well known as a as a former Portland assistant. Uh, Damian Lillard was pretty loud in 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 voicing his displeasure for Vanderpool not getting the permanent jo- getting at least the interim job in Minnesota, where he was an assistant coach under uh, Ryan Saunders when he got canned earlier this year. Uh, Vanderpool would be the only guy I would make, but. Uh, is there a reason that Chauncey Billups is that big of a favorite? That seems kind of wild to me that he's that big of a favorite, Tim.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to look. Um, there was a, an article out there saying that they expect Chauncey Billups to eventually be named the Portland Trailblazers head coach. So that would be, I guess, the rationale behind it. There is a report uh, out there uh, as he is an y- assistant. Yahoo, yeah. at, at, uh, so I guess that's the reasoning behind it. If I'm Chauncey Billups, I look at Portland – I don't know. I don't think Portland's going to tear things down. I don't think they're going to trade Damian Lillard. Um, As we almost saw. uh, Almost a very late winner
5: there for BGK.
3: Chris Andrews will join us on the other side, and we'll get you updated on Vegas and Colorado as it looks like they will be headed to overtime in Denver, Colorado. Overtime it is. We're back after this. looking to hire, Indeed will help you speed up the process. They have 135 skills tests to help you find the right candidates faster. Visit indeed.com slash credit. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN, and what perfect timing to have Chris Andrews on the show. Sportsbook director over at the South Point, and Chris, you just tweeted out, there's no way the Penguins get bounced in the first round three years ago uh, with Flurry in net. So uh, despite the ugly goal at the end of the first period, overall you've been pretty uh, impressed by Marc-Andre Fleury as we head to uh, overtime again between the Avs and the Knights.
4: Yeah, I mean, he's unreal. By the way, it's three years in a row they've oh, about, yeah, about three years ago. Three years in a row. Listen, I mean, I know they had a tough decision because Murray had played really well. You know, uh, Flurry was looking at a bigger contract, and yeah, you know, they had salary cap situations. I I, I understand all that, <laughs> but nonetheless, I mean, this guy's going to walk into the Hall of Fame, and I'm not sure he just surrender a Hall of Fame goaltender like that. And they're going to keep the core, and they have kept the core alive in uh, in Pittsburgh. But boy, they let Flurry go and. I'm not saying they'd have won another cup, but they sure would have gotten out of some of those first rounds. I guarantee you that.
3: Chris, looking at uh, what you guys went off at, you went off, looks like Colorado minus 132, uh, Vegas plus 122. Uh, What was the action like heading into uh, this game tonight?
4: Oh, the action was great. You know, we went to a dime line last week, and uh, ever since then you know, look at any time the Knights play mm-hmm. it's great action. So I just figured, you know, Jimmy and I, during the and I talked about it. We said, well, let's just go to a dime. I mean, what the heck we're using our baseball every single day. We're writing way more on the hockey. Let's just do that. Uh, so we did and the, the action has been great. Now this game uh, pretty evenly split. We actually need the Knights a little bit, but not a big decision either way. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm probably like every other bookmaker in town, We'd like to keep the Knights alive as long as possible. The room is just electric when they're, yeah. they're playing. And, uh, you know, that, that's just that's just good for all of us. And it's good for the town. I mean, the town has really embraced this team. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you can see why. They were great uh, from the get-go. So uh, why not?
5: Chris, uh, uh, I guess we'll, we'll keep it with hockey real quick. Uh, the, uh, obviously, the Canadiens advanced. The uh, Lightning advanced earlier tonight. Uh, the Islanders have a three-two lead on the Bruins. Uh, of any of those teams I just mentioned, is uh, do you get hurt on any of those teams, or is it just the West teams that you uh, you guys took a lot of futures action on?
4: Uh, no, you know we get you know if you're looking at it uh, one way, we get hurt on the Golden Knights, but you know not much. I mean it's it's you know. Low four figures. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. So it's not, it's worth a dust to keep them going. And the rest of the teams are all okay. Lightning's about a break even, but uh, everybody else is really good for it. So they're really not sweating anything. There's no big, big losses. And uh, like I said, if the Knights, you know, just small potatoes we lose on them, nothing serious. So I'd rather just see them keep going.
3: At Andrewsports is where you can find him on Twitter, Chris Andrews, South Point sports book director. And Chris, I was very curious what places around town, including South Point, would reopen this morning in the futures market for the NBA after Brooklyn absolutely dismantled the Bucs in game two last night. Uh, you guys had it at plus 120. I think that was a, about the yeah. same price in most spots I saw around town. Um, how much did you adjust based on game uh, a game two that performance and um, is it, what because the nets have been such a low price what what is the liability right now on Brooklyn?
4: Well you know again we we did open them 120 plus 120 this morning but somebody bet us again. Mm. so uh, we're down to even money we do lose on them again not a big figure we're looking at low four figures so nothing nothing really crazy we lose on them but you know count me among all those other guys you know and i know there's a lot of them that thought the bucks would beat them I and do too. especially you know harden not a hundred percent what did he play like 42 seconds or something you know i really thought the bucks uh would show up and I thought they at least split the first two games here uh, and not, they lost the first game and really a lot of money showed on the Bucks game too. And I really, I thought the money was on the right sides. So I thought the bucks would come out and play well and they just got obliterated. Um, you know, I don't know if the Sixers can beat this team or not. Uh, I, you know, listen, <laughs> we are in trouble with the Hawks that I would die. Uh, that's the one future right now that I am sweating. Uh so, I, I, if it comes down to Nets and Hawks, I certainly hope the Nets beat them. But I think that Sixers will handle the Hawks. Just, just a hunch. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, 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 really thought the Bucks had a great, great chance of beating this team and and winning the East and going on and playing whoever comes out of the West.
3: Yeah, I, I took the Bucks. I, I like the series price. I grabbed it here at circa at plus two hundred uh, for the Bucks before it went back down. I bet them last night. And I felt like it was a great spot, like yeah. you mentioned. You know, yeah. sometimes you're thrown for a loop when when a star player get gets bounced in the game, and I, I was beyond disappointed uh, by the Bucks' performance. And and I I opened the show last night, Chris, and I wasn't. You know, I'm not a hot take guy or anything like that. I just don't. I have a hard time envisioning any of the remaining teams, barring a, a catastrophic injury to Durant or you know Kyrie, beating this team four times.
4: Well, I'm with you, and that's why, you know, like I said, we did get bet this morning, and I moved it to even money. Money, And my, uh, my feelings are pretty much along with yours. I, I'm, I, listen, it's sports. Anything can happen. Sure. We know that. But I don't see this team losing four times in seven games, whether it's the Suns, the Jazz. I mean, the Bucks aren't going to beat them. Uh, you know, I, the Sixers would have to go crazy to beat them. Uh, you know, I don't think the Clippers can do it. Uh, you know, I, I just, I don't see anybody beating this team. I just don't, don't see it. And I think anything above even money, I, you know, I I think that might be worth a play. And the guy that took 120 off me this morning, I, I'm not, you know, I, we might talk about value and all this other stuff. I think you're going to cash that ticket.
3: Yeah. I, I debated it last time with Jeff and, and yeah. you know, I, I was going back and forth, Chris, and I always like talking things out with, you know, people like yourself, you know, I, yeah, I was going to bet it. I held off. I'm still thinking about it because, you know, the thought, okay, let's roll it over. You bet the series price against Philadelphia. If it's Los Angeles, then I think that may end up being profitable more so than plus 120. But if it's Phoenix, I don't know if it is. So, yeah, I'm going back and forth whether or not To take the 120, or or you know, kind of wait and see if I could do the old rollover uh, series after series with Philadelphia and then Phoenix, or or, sorry, and whoever comes out of the West.
4: Yeah, that's what I was saying. I'm not I'm not sure about the value. I'm really not sure about that. You have to break it down, look at a couple, you know, have a like a decision tree and kind of look at what what the possibilities are. But like I said. I think that guy's going to cash his tickets, whether there's value or not. And uh, You know, when it comes to uh, the end of July or whenever these NBA playoffs are over, I think that ticket's going to be worth uh, double what he put up this morning.
5: Chris, uh, you guys opened up uh, college football conference win totals uh, earlier this week. Have there been any teams that uh, they've, you've been plied with action so far with?
4: Yeah, uh Louisiana Tech's the one that uh I, I think I probably blew it to be honest with you. I put I opened it six and a half and I think it's over a dollar forty. Let me see my notes here. Um Virginia Tech. I can't find them right away. But yeah, I think it was six yeah, you know, here they are. Six and a half over forty. Uh you know, I do have a methodology that I use and I go through a couple different sources and uh I got bet pretty strong on this one on the under, and it was one of those deals where then I went back and looked, did I make a mistake? And I think in all honesty, I did, uh, I think I just overvalued them and their recruiting and they had a lot of injury problems last year and I kind of gave them credit for figuring they won't have the same thing, but it was more than just injuries. They really have a lack of talent and, uh, you know, listen, I mean, again, like I said earlier, it's sports anything can happen, but I don't think it was a good number. Uh, And we're at five right now. So that's the one that I got bet on pretty strongly. And I think the guys that did bet that probably uh, have the right side.
3: Chris, uh, I saw a quote from you in the LVRJ about the hometown team. UNLV, yeah. one and a half yeah. is where you opened it. Uh, conference yeah. wins, and you gotta lay three dollars on the under, and and I would do it. I, I would do it. I don't know how they're winning two games in the conference. So, uh, what was the mindset of uh, of of the old running Rebs uh, at one and a half? Oh boy!
4: Well, we were going through the, the, the schedule, and let me see if I can pull it out here. And I, you know, I'm looking, and I said, well, I mean. You, you find me two wins on this, on this schedule. Tell me how you see that. And, uh, you know, I sure as hell don't. Let me see. Okay, so I got him, like, as about an eight-and-a-half-point dog at home to Utah State. It was really kind of falling on hard times last mm-hmm. couple of years. Other than that, I got him double-digit dogs in every game. Now, okay, they could get lucky and win one of these games. They're going to get lucky and win two. Well, I I'm saying minus $3 that they don't. So if you think they can, you can get plus two fifty. but you know, I mean, it's a sad state really. And I mean, this was, they've never had a great football program, but you know, they, they were good for a while when John Robinson was here, and a couple other coaches, you know, Meyer was here, you know, that's going way back, but you know, in the last, You know, decade, two decades, they've just been terrible. And I I don't see much sign of hope. And, uh, you know, and and then the basketball team, too, which really captivated this town, you know, 20, 30 years ago, even a little bit more than that. I mean, you know, and so it's, the whole university and athletic department's fallen on hard times. But I'd love to see it come back. I really would, but I, I don't see a bright future, at least on the near horizon.
3: And remember, that's Mountain West winds, so the game against Eastern Washington does not that's count. count. count yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, I don't know how confident I'd be about that one either. <laughs> yeah, uh, Chris, yeah. always a pleasure. Enjoy <laughs> overtime. Perfect timing to have you on in our, our intermission report here.
4: All right, sounds great, guys. Always a pleasure, my friend. There Talk
3: he to you is. Too. Chris Andrews, Sportsbook Director at the South Point. We've got ourselves a ball game in Utah.